I'm Intruder Green. You might know me from things like the G-Man, Stateville Correctional Center, and Gorillas. Welcome to the Intruder Green Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, we got uh, Christopher Swinney. It's going to be a tight uh, conversation because he's real good at doing his own podcast, which is funny. Uh, you're going to notice in the podcast, <laughs> I say that like, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast, but I totally did. And I heard it before and I just got my wires crossed, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he's real good at it. He's got like all sorts of good technology and stuff. And uh, I don't, but I'm working on it. We're slowly getting there. The problem is I got so many different ideas about like things I want to do. And I'm like, I should do it this way. And everybody's like, no, you should just do it the way, you know, like everybody else does it uh, because it sounds better. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And they're like, no, really, uh, you know, if you do it this way, you're, you're going to be professional and probably make a lot of money. And I'm like, I don't. I don't tell me what to do. I'll make my money the way I want. And then they're like, all right, good luck being broke forever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not so much. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's June 12th, uh, you know, about halfway through the month. And uh, we're having a good time here. Uh, you know, like uh, basically, I think uh, we're about the same. We're, we're at the same uh, stage in life. Or in the world, uh, as we were last time I did an episode, you know, uh, shit's coming back and that's cool. Um, I'm not going to say back to normal because, uh, you know, like what was normal over a year ago, uh, A, I don't think we need to get back to that. I think we need a new normal. We always need a new normal. It's like, you know, what's normal? Was it normal when, uh, they shot the president, you know, back in like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> when was the first president shot? That was a long time ago. And uh, there's been a few since then. And uh, like then all, all sorts of other like uh, tragedies happen. I don't know why I went to the shooting of the president thing. That was just like uh, something somebody else said. So I was copying them. But, uh, you know, anyway, uh, life is never fucking normal. You just got to get through it. And it's fucking uh, it can be real interesting. And hopefully it doesn't suck too much. That's the thing. Uh, we don't necessarily want to get back to normal. We want to get back to uh, life not sucker so bad. But probably we want to get back to a better life than what we had before. Because that shows progress. Yeah. <laughs> That's like fucking math. Basically. I mean, it's like, yeah. That's, that's, that's like, uh, you know, social economics or whatever. It's like the economy for sociological thing and uh yeah you say one plus one equals two and people are like yeah that sounds good anyway i want to give a shout out to the producers of the podcast we got luke ellis Renaissance, heather royston gem city sabrina uh sarah koenig audacity crash clothing chelsea mcnally cardboard box colony and carlos hernandez thanks everybody for uh continuing to pitch in to make this show happen um, I've been talking a lot of shit about like stuff I want to do and, uh, hopefully it's going to happen soon. There's some logistical stuff I'm trying to figure out, but I want to get you guys, uh, stickers, uh, you know, for uh, a certain level of the, 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 the producers that, uh, pitch into the Patreon 
Basically, if you want to become a producer at a Intruder Green podcast, you just hit me up at patreon.com slash Intruder Green, and uh, you can, you know, get on there at a few different t- tiers. Uh, and I appreciate any money that anybody gives me. Some of you are appreciate even more, you know. <laughs> All right. Because, uh, you know, like every, every little bit helps, but a lot helps even more. <laughs> That's the way to look at life, I think. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to get stickers made. And I want to, yeah, just uh, give you guys like more uh, that I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like cool things to do. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm thinking about uh, possibly bringing back the Intruder Green Cocktail Hour because uh, I know some people like that. And it was fun for me because like I would love to do this more as like a video content thing. But I know people are like, I want to fucking listen to podcasts because you can just like listen to it on the go sort of that's the best thing about podcasts but there's no reason we can't do both right like uh what if we did the cocktail hour and uh then uh do the do the podcast live during the cocktail hour and then release it later as a podcast so if you didn't you know if you ain't got time to like sit down and watch a video or whatever fucking uh just listen to it while you're driving somewhere hopefully the rops allegedly you know whatever um but anyway uh yeah that's about where we're at guys uh not not a whole lot of uh crazy stuff uh for me to talk about this happening in the world other than just getting to the podcast here so without further ado i'm with the show hello this is a prepaid collect call from intruder green an inmate at the neural correctional institution this call is subject to recording and monitoring to accept charges press one Well, uh, we're here to talk about your new band, uh, Fire Sale, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to, to talk to you, man. I, I've actually listened to a lot of your podcasts because with my oh, podcast, it always has podcasts you might like, and we're always kind of tied together because I think we do a lot of fat record cool. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Word. Uh, what's your podcast called? That One Time on Tour. Oh, yeah. I had a, heard a, I've heard other podcasts, and I think I've heard ads for it. And I've always like, oh yeah, I should probably check that out. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't done it yet, but I will. It's it's okay, man. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like that's happening a lot with the, you know, a lot of band dudes are doing podcasts these days. Um, and uh, you know, it can be cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think you guys do a lot of tour stories. Is that kind of like the basis around it, or that that's how it started? Now it's just kind of become just an or two of talking to people and we talk about touring and whatnot but i started it three years ago because i was bored and i wasn't in a band anymore and and yeah. i'm 100 150 episodes in and it's a lot of fun nice. man i love it yeah it's very fat records heavy though because that's all my oh, friends have something to do with fat records yeah you know like i try not to do it with, with 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 the the podcast here i i like to mix i try to mix it up you know not yeah. just do bands like I've I've had some people well like in different types of bands too. Um and Melanie definitely helps out with that. 
Yeah. Uh, because she'll, 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 she deals with all sorts of different people. Like she's got giving me like some like high school metal band and stuff. And it's like, well, that's cool. Like <laughs> I like to get all sorts of different voices on here, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I had a, you know, what, like a dancer or just friends that are like kind of interesting, you know, it's cool. I just listened to your episode with uh, Miguel from uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket. Oh, it was yeah. really, really good. I love those guys. I've had Ray on my show a couple times. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had Ray too. Did I have Ray? Yeah, I had Ray. <laughs> I was like, well, because for a while I was trying to get all those guys. And then like, I don't know, other things happened and I got busy and they got busy. So I got two of them. I got to get, still got to get the other two. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, like, you know, it's cool to that uh to get the fat records stuff going on too it's a little difficult obviously because i'm in germany and the time difference makes things like kind of weird which we kind of you know experience like it's it's evening it's cocktail hour for me so i'm not drinking a cocktail but i got a beer and for you it's like uh what in the afternoon right it's yeah it's like almost 12 30 that's the thing like our our label for the new band is in austria so trying to oh, shit. trying to do like meetings and stuff over zoom it's like well, what's good for you and i'm like well, i guess i could get up and do it at nine if you want me to <laughs> <laughs> right i mean that might be okay for a meeting i try to push back you know doing something like this as late as possible but where it's also kind of acceptable for me um yeah. so i feel like and it's also kind of just like i don't know when you know it's the weekend i gotta, I gotta figure it out but yeah i'm like I, about around noon should be good i guess yeah. you know for yeah. most people um, because I don't want it to be like I did one with like I think I think somebody like just got out of bed and got like on it and it was just like how you doing and I'm like okay you know like yeah I've no, had a couple no people from there. I've had a couple people from Australia on the podcast and it's always a nightmare oh, wow. trying to like figure out because they're literally like 14 hours ahead of me so we're trying yeah. to make it work it's either me really late or them really early so. yeah there's no way to yeah somebody's gonna has to lose on that one yeah, but yeah. you know if it if it's real late you know you just you know party and do it do the thing you know <laughs> yeah i feel like later later is better than earlier for these sorts of things oh, yeah. so but thanks for uh you know making it then in that yeah, case no problem man i'm a i'm a fan of the band and i'm a fan of what you do on the podcast man yeah thank you um speaking of being a fan of the band this is kind of like a super group if i'm not mistaken right at least I that's mean, what I I mean, you got definitely some people from different bands, right? It it started out. It, it's kind of strange, man. Like I kind of pinch myself a little bit because, you know, I, I used to play in the Ataris back in the day. Yeah. I've been in a couple I, other bands like Brazil. We were on fearless records and, and I haven't really written music or done anything musically other than the podcast in like over a decade. And I oh, wrote wow. a bunch of songs. And I really liked him. And so I let my friend Matt from no use for a name and face to face hear him and just to get his opinion. And he goes, dude, I'll play on those. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Cause oh, cool. Matt, Matt Riddle's one of my favorite bass players in the entire world. And then, uh, I got my buddy Tim from protest the hero to play second guitar and my buddy Pedro to sing on it. He's in Amberetta, which is a really great punk band. Oh, hell Virginia. yeah. Love those and, guys. And yeah, it's just kind of, it all became this weird band where it was just going to be i wasn't going to let anybody hear it i was just writing songs because i was bored you know i've got two toddlers i don't have a lot of time to do this stuff other than late at night and when everybody everybody started listening and liked it and 
it became a band and all like a couple weeks later after we got a couple of the songs done some labels were sniffing around and it's kind of just become this dream thing that i i being in my early 40s i never thought i'd ever release a record again yeah yeah i get i get i can I can feel that. I mean, I'm a little worried about that. I'm still in a band and I'm like, are we going <laughs> to do anything? You know, because of the, the way the year, the last year is going and like this year still is kind of like up in the air. I don't know. But, you know, at the same time, I, I, I'm trying to embrace the downtime by doing yeah. more stuff like, you know, more podcasts when I can, you know, like it's still we still got to keep the lights on. So I got to like do jobs and stuff. Uh, you know, well, I mean, the pandemic, that. the pandemic is kind of why fire sale exists. Like, yeah, I, that's cool. I wouldn't have had the, really the time or the even inspiration or whatever you want to call it to do this without having all the free time that was imposed on me by a lockdown. So right. I, I, you know, I got these songs together and then these guys, I think if there wasn't the pandemic, they might've been too busy to actually want to do it. So mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, it's like, there's a silver lining to the pandemic. I I'm not stoked that there's a virus, but I'm yeah. stoked that I got a band out of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's a great thing to do. Um, especially like what I was saying, what I've been saying all along is like, yeah, this whole thing sucks. Like it, it, there's no denying that, but, uh, this is kind of like the best time in history to have something like this happening. Like think about like when they had the black plague or whatever, or yeah. any other time we've had something kind of like this. It's like, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have fucking, I don't know, all sorts of shit that we do now that allows people to like, you know, communicate and like in your case, fucking start a new band, <laughs> basically, you know, remotely, everybody's living in different places, but you can yeah, like, we've never been in the happen. same room together at all to do this. It's always <laughs> That's been crazy. Like well, no, that's the thing. Like people always ask me, like, how do we do it? And I'll put together like the skeleton of the song with fake program drums. And then oh, I'll, yeah. I'll send it to my drummer. We'll get the drums all done. Then we'll send it to Matt and he'll do the bass or vice versa. And I mean, it yeah. takes a lot longer than a traditional song to record, but at the end, it's really cool because there's no input on what the other guys are doing. Like Matt plays whatever he wants to play. Tim plays whatever he wants to play. Pedro gets the song and writes oh, all wow. the vocals and records it. Like we don't really have that thing of where, well, I don't really like what you did there. Like it's just, no dude, you get the song, you put your shit on it. It's done. Wow. That's what, that's amazing. Cause yeah. uh, that's almost like a more pure form of like being in a band. I mean, there is, I guess some aspect of being like together and being like, nah, I don't know about that and critiquing each other. But yeah. it, there's that's definitely like a cool dynamic, I guess, is the word to like just, do it I, that way. I love it because at the beginning, you know, like a lot of my friends were like, oh, are you putting out a solo record? I'm like, well, no, I, I can't sing. Like, I love writing music. I'm a guitar guy, but I like that it became a band. And the one thing that we said when this whole thing kicked off, I'm like, total transparency. Everybody gets a vote. Everybody gets any kind of if there's any money at all from anything we do, everybody gets equal share. It's nobody's project. It's our band. And I, I, yeah. I've, I've been in bands where it wasn't like that. And so I yeah. wanted, I wanted everybody to know there's no pressure. There's, there's nothing. This is all fun. We're just going to write a bunch of music. And if people like it, cool. If they don't fuck them, like, I don't care. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it's been. There's been no pressure in this band at all. I love it. That's, that's the way to be, you know, like <laughs> I think, 
you know, being in a band, pressure's gonna come eventually. Yeah. So like eliminating it as much as possible from the get go is like that's good. That's a good move. <laughs> <laughs> we're already so, starting to get some like offers for touring and stuff, which I know is kind of premature. Oh, yeah. It's premature because yeah. of the pandemic and everything, but I've already right. told everybody, I'm like, if we, if it's lucrative and it's going to be fun and we want to take time away from our families and our jobs and whatever, we'll go do it. But if one person in the band doesn't want to do it, we won't do it. It's just, I don't want anybody to feel any kind of stress at all from being in this project. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Cause yeah, you know, it's like, you know, get, you, you want to limit it as much as possible. Um, I was going to ask, were you in the Ataris when we play with the Ataris? But it sounds like you said probably not. I, I left the Ataris around 2009, 2010. Yeah, no, that was right, right that before was the be new decade. Yeah. Yeah, that was way before. I think we played with them, uh, you know, a few years ago now, but it was definitely, yeah. <laughs> Less well, than a and, decade and, and also, also, I was like the fourth or fifth guitarist, and there's been four All or five right. since me. So. All right, shit, yeah. So I have no idea who, who was in there. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it was a fun show. I remember, and uh, we 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 kind of hung out at the club, but uh, I don't know. It, it was in uh, it was in Green Bay, and we kind of like have a whole crew there, so it wasn't necessarily like, hey, we're playing with the Ataris. Let's like become best friends with them. It was kind of <laughs> like, oh, hey, Ataris. We're here too. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, it was fun. But I know I I live in Indiana, and I think we have. I wouldn't say I I know her very well, but Bambi from Fort Wayne, Indiana, she's done a lot of art oh, and stuff yeah, for you, right? Right. Yeah, she did the uh. Well, she she's done uh a lot of fo photos for uh, Mass Intruder in general, and she's just a good friend of ours. She actually okay, so she did the the cover photo for the for my podcast that we're right now um and she was also <laughs> i had her on as a guest and uh she does the the uh intru uh the office of bradford calendar uh, okay that he does. he's he's done he's done it twice now um and he raises money for planned parenthood with that um and yeah she's a great photographer she's a rad chick yeah so, i know yeah. that my the drummer that we we just got a new drummer the guy that played on the record uh was like kind of like more of a session guy that was friends with us but we just have a new member of fire sale his name is paul williams and he lives he's in an awesome band called making enemies but he lives in a up in fort wayne where she lives and i think they yeah. they know each other better than i know her but i have met her before. yeah 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 she's great i think fort wayne is really fun town to hang in there's like a pretty cool crew of dudes there uh the the uh i don't know if you heard of the band uh flamingo nosebleed but those guys oh yeah definitely yeah 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 all good stuff like uh we always have a good time whenever we're there it's been a while but you know like yeah yeah dude when i was growing up because i grew up in indiana i moved away and then i came back when, when i had kids and everything because it's cheap and it's a safe place to live but yeah, uh for sure but Fort Wayne, they used to have a massive punk scene up there, man. They had so many venues. When I was growing up, that was like a place that we played all the time, and I love it up there. It's only an hour yeah. from where I live now, so uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. So was that kind of like uh, when you got into punk rock, like when you were younger, or yeah, it. I mean, it's it's kind of. I think it's a story a lot of people have with me personally when i was probably 10 11 years old my uncle gave me master of puppets by metallica <laughs> all right and i i loved it and yeah. cliff had a misfit shirt on on the back of the of the back of the tape so i went to the record store and saw the crimson ghost on this cd i didn't even know what it was oh yeah and i bought it just because cliff burton had the shirt on and so my first taste of that was like 
legacy of brutality by the misfits. Uh And I just, I don't know if like I should have understood it or liked it as much when I was that young, but I did just because my heroes liked it. And then I got it. I got into that and then black flag. And then, you know, then when punk broke, it was the whole green day offspring. And that led me to fat records and led me to all the epitaph bands. And I just never looked back. I'm still a big metal fan. I love metal, but punk rock spoke to me. It wasn't untouchable. Like the metal stuff was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah, I've just, I, I love, I love punk rock and it's been, it's been the biggest influence in my life since I was probably 12 years old. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's very similar to, uh, you know, like what I would have to say about the way I got into punk rock. Um, uh, yeah. You know, like the nineties, that was just a great time to like, yeah. you know, be, be forming your, uh, you know, your sense of like, I don't know what you want to call it, like a musical, uh, musical like personality yeah. right like you're like huh i don't know what i like i'm just gonna listen to the radio but maybe this shit sucks maybe there's something else out there and then you discover something like punk rock and you're like yep that's the one well i mean for me too it was like i was already into metal and then grunge got big and then punk got big but it was yeah. like i even loved the grunge stuff like to me because oh, it was yeah, me too it was that angsty like when you're a teenager, you kind of don't know what to do with your feelings. You don't know how to act. And oh, so yeah. the, the grunge stuff to me was just as cool as the punk stuff. It was just a different vibe. So growing up in the nineties, sure. having all of those choices for like rock music, I think it, I don't think it'll ever be that way again. And I, I feel bad for kids growing up now that have only Spotify and they don't, you know, get like, they don't know yeah. what to listen to. Like when you put a record out, <laughs> <laughs> One song gets massive, but the rest of the record might just sit there. You know, like I, I feel bad for. Yeah, it's funny how that works, right? Like uh, when we were younger, it was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta buy a CD, and uh, I don't got no fucking money. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it could be worse. We could have had to buy vinyl, and that's like even more expensive. Which well, that's what, what I'm do doing now. now. I, I'm now like yeah. collecting vinyl as I'm old, just because. I finally have a record player and I'm like, wow, I don't, yeah. I'm going to buy all the vinyl I never had as a kid. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it too. And it's just good because it's like, fuck. I mean, I don't know. I feel like some bands probably aren't even selling CDs these days. Cause it's like, what's the point? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, so, but, I know a but, lot but, of places doing great. vinyl. Yeah. Vinyl. Yeah. Like you can do the different color variants. Like that's one thing with fire sale. Like we, they wanted us to do a full length right out of the gate. And I was like, you know, let's gauge how people like the band. Let's put out a seven inch <laughs> and just kind of see what the response is. And then if we do a full length, we'll do a full length, you know, with the same label, we'll stick with you guys. But yeah, yeah they don't, I mean, unless we, we, even when we do the full length, they're not sure if they're going to do a CD because nobody fucking buys that shit. Like people will buy records. Yeah. 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 But if you're going digital, they're just going to stream it. Right. Like, yeah, totally. That's what I do. And I mean, I'm old school. Or- I, I'll put it on Bandcamp and then they yeah. can download it from there if they really want to have the like sound file like but I know, mean if if you go done. through if you go through like DistroKid or whatever you use to get your stuff up online whatever the label uses it's going to be on iTunes anyway and the price is about the same if you sell it on Bandcamp unless you give it away for free so yeah, yeah man yeah. CDs are kind of kind of out man it'd be cool to do a CD but I mean yeah. I think records are cooler to me <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think they always have been. And, you know, like CDs was such a thing that were created by like, you know, <laughs> probably the people in 
the music business who cared the yeah. least about the actual music and the most about making more money yeah. because it was like oh we created cassette tapes and how long did that last <laughs> not long because it sounded like shit um and then they were like well this is even cheaper and uh you know it's new technology and all this yeah. and whatnot yeah you know like they just want to keep cranking out those uh ways to listen to the same music right um Anyway, I don't want to get a soapbox about that, but, uh, you know, we yeah, probably agree about all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I think we're in a good spot these days with like, you know, just what we've been talking about, you know, but, but, but the kids, the kids, that's what we got to get back to is the kids yeah. don't know what the fuck to listen to because they got too many options. What are I we going to that, do? That's, that's the thing because. I mean, I don't even understand why bands do full records. I mean, I want to do that. And I think yeah. that people do it because they've just, that's what they grew up on. But right, you could just do a new single every couple months and probably have yeah. the same response as anything else, you know? Yeah, I, I believe that to be true. And I think it might be uh, kind of going that way, kind of like yeah. everybody's trending that way. I mean, I don't know. Well, I want to ask you about what the plan is for the album, but first, Let's talk about that for a minute because I'm like thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, it's cool to have an album when you have a bunch of songs and yeah. you want them like sequenced a certain way. And you want to like make, you know, you want to go like some albums are a fucking journey, you know, like you get yeah, into the yeah. intro song and you're like, oh, yeah, it's getting me pumped up. And then you get to like the next one and it's like kind of like keeps you going. And then like maybe there's a hit song that's yeah. like a really fun one. And then. By the end of the album, it starts getting into the B-sides and you're like, oh, yeah, I feel like I, I just uh, fought a monster and I'm, I'm ready to like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost ready to be over. And then yeah. you get to the end and it's like time for it to end. It's like almost like watching a movie. Uh, but then again, if a band has just a couple of songs that they want to put out, why not just do that? It's yeah, I like, mean, uh, yeah. That's kind of the thought process. Like uh, the the label that we're on, Spam Records, S B A M. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you guys might have done something with them or been involved with something. I mean, I seem to remember I, that. I've definitely they, talked to uh, the main dude there a few times. I think we met at some point, like at a festival or something. And uh, they, they yeah. have a music, they have a music festival, and Stefan, the main guy, he does artwork for No yeah. Effects and Blink One Eighty Two and all these crazy bands, but yeah. uh. They were pretty interested at the beginning. I let them hear a couple of the demos. And then when, when the offer finally came through, they wanted to do a full length and we had enough songs, but they weren't quite done. They were skeleton yeah. songs. Like, and we had two that were like, we really felt good about, they were completely done. Like they didn't need anything. They were mixed. They were ready to go. And so my whole plan with that, like I said, I said, you know, we want to sign with you guys. We think you could, we could be a good asset for your label. You'd be good for us, yeah. but I don't want to promise something I can't deliver. Sure. Like I, I know we can deliver these two right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you guys can kind of see what people think and hopefully we'll still do the full length. So that's what we agreed on. But yeah, it was basically here's two songs. Let's do a seven inch to see what happens or, yeah it's going to be another eight to 10 months before we're ready to put these songs on, on a record. And I think it was a good idea just to kind of test the waters and yeah. the, the songs that are on the seven inch will probably be remixed and added to the full length anyway, with eight to 10 more songs. 
But sure. yeah, I kind of, and it was partially in my own head because we're a new band. And when people sit here that, you know, when Melanie sent out the press release, it's super group. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like that because I'm not saying we're a super group, but right, right, yeah. it sounds the guys, the guys in the band have done some cool stuff, you know? So oh, yeah. on paper, it looks really good, but I want the songs to match what it looks like on paper. Yeah. So the idea of doing two songs right out of the gate, just to see if people like it and they don't hate us. <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. And, and that's, you know, back to your point. Yeah. I, I don't think it was the right plan for us to put out a full length. I think it was, let's give them a taste of it, see what happens. And then here's our full length. Cause we do want to do a full length, but we've also discussed like maybe following up the seven inch with a five or six song, 10 inch EP, maybe, yeah. maybe not go commit to doing like, 13 14 songs because i mean when you don't live in the same town and you're doing everything over the internet i don't know how long that will take i, I don't know how yeah. long 14 songs will take it could be two years like i don't fucking know you know <laughs> right it's, it's hard to commit to a contract with a label when i can't tell them a timeline so yeah. for us and i don't know about other bands that are together and they they have a budget and they can do whatever they want for us it's very much still very diy sure like Is not even because we have diy like each of us diy and then we have to put it together yeah, right. right so right. it's the two song thing was a good choice for us and and it might be a while before there's a full length there might be an ep next i just i don't know it's it we also we're not very quick at writing songs <laughs> Yeah, well, you don't we're need quick, to be quick if you want yeah, to be Yeah, we're quick at getting ideas, but fleshing yeah. those ideas out takes quite a while. Yeah. yeah, you know, especially when you're doing a remote, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, is everybody, you guys just like record from home? Everybody got like their own studios and stuff? Yeah, everybody has, uh, well, the, the cool thing is, is that Pedro, our singer who's in Amberetta, he used to be in this band called Fun Size, which was on uh, a major. I can't remember what major they were on. But um, he's got like an actual place that bands pay to go to, like a real studio. Oh, all and, right. And then I've got my setup that I do my podcast and all my guitar recording and whatever. And it's nice. You know, I'm just using like a MacBook Pro and a couple interfaces. And I mean, it's nothing crazy. And then Matt's got a little home place and everybody kind of has their own little place. They can do high quality audio. And then we send it to our producer slash mixer slash unofficial member brian churlo he lives out in new york and uh actually maybe new new jersey not new and he's he's kind of the guy that uh makes us sound the way that we sound because he mixes and masters everything yeah. and he's won grammys for like justin bieber and paramore and all this oh, crazy shit, shit. He, he was a friend of mine when this thing started off and he's like you know i wouldn't mind mixing and mastering it you know I, i'd like to be a part of that so we get all our shit done. He doesn't hear anything. We get it all done. And then we send him the session files. And then a couple of weeks later, we get the song back and we make revisions if we want him to change anything. And then he does it. It's kind of a, as hard as it is and as long and painstaking as it is, it's kind of a cool thing. Cause we all have our own little job and then we yeah. send it all to him and he puts it together like a puzzle. <laughs> That's amazing. That I feel like that is I don't know. I would love to do something like that. It sounds like a good way to do it instead of being like. Guitar players, I bet you thought you were shit out of luck when it comes to finding your dream guitar or amp. You know, you go on some auction site or something and it's all crap. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's because, you know, you gotta look in the right place. And the right place is Yeah Man's Vintage and Used Guitars. They got exactly what you're looking for. Now, I know what you're thinking. Aren't they located in, like, Switzerland or something? Yeah, man, they are. Burn Switzerland, to be exact. But, you know, you can, um... Uh, Get on the internet and you can go check out the website, yeahmansguitars.com, and uh, you can order stuff on there. So, uh, you know, it don't really matter where the heck you are in the world. You can just get on their website and uh, find all sorts of cool stuff that you're looking for. And you might not even know that you wanted it until you see it on there, and there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you got something specific you're looking for and need some help finding it, just hit up Yeah Man Guitars on the electronic mail. That's the email. It's like 21st century, and you got email and websites. It's like amazing. Some people would call it magic. Some people would call it science. I just call it, I don't know, crazy shit. Uh, yeahmansguitars at gmail.com. As far as email goes, it's where you email them. And while you're at it, get your band a tour in Europe and stop by the shop. Michael and the rest of the crew would love to meet you, I'm sure. And you could tell them Green sent you. Yeah, man's vintage and used guitars. Hi, Intruder Maniacs. Are you in a band? The answer is, of course you are. Everybody's in a fucking band these days. Anyway, if you're in a band, congratulations. I'm making the worst financial decision of your life, aside from taking out college loans or something. Yeah. Now, there is a way to lessen the burden of such a financial decision. It's called merchandising. And Stupid Rap Merch Company is all ready to meet your merchandising needs. You want uh, some t-shirts? Uh, you want got a tight deadline you need them printed on? And because you booked a tour less than a month out and uh, didn't get canceled like everybody else's tours did? Uh, how about a bunch of weird random trinkets like keychains or medallions? And what about koozies? You know, like everybody likes koozies. Koozies are great because they keep your drink cold and your hand warm or vice versa, depending on what you're drinking. Stupid Red Merch Company can get all these made for you. Stupid Red Merch Company is an in-house artist who can help you with your designs and stuff. They're still a small enough company that uh, they pay special attention to you and your special needs. Because, you know, everybody's got special needs. Like, uh, you know, you probably mostly. And uh, they even got a web store. That's where the real magic is. You go on tour and you sell your stuff, but chances are you're going to have some left over or some fans are going to feel like left out because they didn't have enough money to buy something at your show. So they go on a stuperadmerch.com and find stuff from your band on there. They'll take care of all your production and shipping fulfillment needs. So go ahead, go on a Stuperad Merch Company web store right now and uh, check out all the tight bands that are already on there. They got a bunch of them, like got uh, the Bomb Pops and like the Bad Cop, Bad Cop and stuff. It's all good. Uh, yeah, uh, all sorts of cool swag. And uh, right now... Right now, if you go on there and you, at checkout, you use the code PRISON, you can get 15% off all of the uh, Stupid Red merch branded apparel uh, at stupidredmerch.com. Go check it out. Stupidredmerch.com You know, like when you make an album in a studio, you go in there and like, especially for us, uh, the first two albums we made, Actually, all of them, really, because like the first two we did were in Chicago yeah. uh, at Atlas Studios, um, and we basically lived in the studio the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and, like and, and it's it kind of like being was, on tour, right? Only you're in one place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that could get kind of exhausting after a while, you know. Like it's set up, we had like a kitchen in there, and like places to sleep and all that. 
Um, and it was the same thing. Uh, the last uh, two things we did, we did an EP and the last full length with Roger from Les Jake okay. in, uh, at, at his studio, which is basically a house uh, yeah. that was like converted into a studio. And like we did the same fucking thing there where we basically just lived down there in Florida, which was actually a bit nicer than the last experience in Chicago when we did it in like the winter time and it was like yeah. this super cold shitty chicago winter <laughs> and we're trying to like do vocal tracks and stuff and like <laughs> we can only sing for like i don't know not very long before we start <laughs> drying out and then uh you know it's nice to do that in florida where yeah, yeah. you know it's just beautiful all the time we're like maybe a little too hot but i like that more than uh too cold and dry yeah, at least. I'm I'm three hours from Chicago. I know all about those winters, man. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. But I tell um, you, I kind of I kind of miss you know like growing up and being in bands and going to studios and having that experience you're talking about. This is yeah. really this is really cool. But this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And for all of the benefits of this, where you know I go to work, I come home, I put my kids to bed, and then I record guitar tracks till four in the morning by myself. Like that's cool. Oh, yeah but I miss the camaraderie and kind of that being together and figuring it out together. Like that is something that it's lacking sure. and hopefully, hopefully someday we can all record together in a studio. But for now, you know, it's kind of, you know, invention is the mother of necessity. Like we, we can do right. this, you know, like we can right. put together an entire record without ever sharing the same air with each other, you know? Right. Maybe that's when you do the full length, though. Like when uh, everybody yeah. can do it, can do yeah. it, and the record label's like, "Here's a million dollars. Get your ass in the studio." That'd be amazing. That's about how much a record costs these days, right? I think so. Yeah. Like fucking. By then, by then, we'll be funding records with Bitcoin or whatnot because oh, that's yeah. like new currency. Um, but I do believe, like, it's it's funny that like some record labels. I mean, and. SBAM, it seems like they're great. Um, and I don't know if it's more, if it's better for the label to put out a full length because it seems like it would just be more expensive. But like back in the day, like back in like what, the 50s and 60s when like it was all singles back then, it yeah. was all singles, yeah. So it's like, yeah, that was obviously what they wanted to do. So like, I don't see a problem with it, I think it's real cool. Well, no, they were totally cool with it. I think their whole thinking was they wanted to have, since it all is pretty much the same. I mean, we're not, we didn't take any kind of budget from them because if, I don't know if people listening really know how it works, but whatever money you take from a label, you have to pay back. Right. So for us, it was like, yeah, here's what they offered for a budget, but we're all recording it in our spare time. There's no like, we all have jobs and kids. Like, it's not like this is going to be our main income. So instead of taking a budget for what we did for production, we just decided that, you know, we want to own the masters. We want to own the publishing. You guys can have exclusive rights to press it. And then basically we get paid quicker because there's no recouping, you know? Yeah. Right. So that's great. They wanted to do a full length, but I think it was just because they wanted to have more material to present to people like, Hey, check out yeah. this new band because with two songs, I mean, the, the response has been great for the band, but yeah. maybe people are like, shit, I wish I could listen to a bunch more songs instead of just one or two songs out of the gate. 
So well, I can that was I, honestly my thought. Like I when I went on Spotify to check you guys out, I was like, I only saw one song on there, I think. Yeah, there we were there's gonna be a second single release soon. We oh, we right, like out, right. we were we released the first single on April first. And yeah. then uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna release the other single around the pre-sale date, maybe. I mean, we're still talking to the label, but yeah, it's, okay. that was the thing. <laughs> People go on there, and I mean, that's why we did a video as well. There's a video for that single because oh, yeah. we wanted to make sure there was some kind of visual aspect because. Sure. Yeah, new band with one song. Like we want people to be excited, but we can't just throw everything out at the same time. You know, there's got to be like some kind of plan outline. Yeah, I mean, that's that might that's another aspect though. You know, it's never been easier to make a music video. Also, like because of technology, so it's like a single with a music video, and you just keep going like that, and it's like yeah. Well, dude, that that's a story in and of itself. The label was like, "Hey, we want a video really bad," and yeah. I said, "Well, what's the budget?" <laughs> and they said, "There's really not a budget." Well, they were going to give money for the album, but not the video. What the fuck? Yeah. So, well, but they they wanted one, and I thought we needed one really bad, and so their idea was, "Let's do a lyric video." And I and I, oh, I didn't yeah. really. I mean, people do that all the time and more power to them, but it's, it, to me, it's just kind of, it doesn't, it's doesn't really same. add, it doesn't add anything to the song, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends, I guess. Cause like, I've seen some pretty fucked up lyric videos. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I've, I've seen really cool. like an actual music video, but then it's like, it's a music video, you yeah. know, like it's not just a lyric. So I had never done any video whatsoever. So I found this website. I can't even remember the name of it, but it's got like 70 million video clips that you can use for free. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. And I, I, and I, I, if you ever want to know what it is, I can figure it out. I just don't remember what it's called, but uh, (laughs) there was this one guy, like this Russian filmmaker that had all of these video clips and it didn't say if it was from a movie or if he just did it or what, but they were all free to use about these kids. It's kind of like a horror movie. They like run into this crazy clown and then there's zombies and, there was like this cool narrative. That sounds great. Yeah, and the narrative that the that the story was telling with these like 10 second clips was kind of close to what the song was about in a weird way like lyrically. So I cut together the video first off with no performance at all and I sent that to my guys and I sent it to the label and they're like, "Wow, that's amazing. That's great." So then we decided to do some shots of us playing. So it didn't just, it wasn't just this narrative thing that didn't have us yeah, in right. it. And I matched it to where it looked pretty good. And I tell you, man, I've, I've had people hitting me up, wanting me to make videos for them. And I, I this is the first one I've, <laughs> nice. the first one I've ever done. And I'm super happy with it. And I think it's added a lot and it's really helped the single out, but man, I, it just goes back to that whole DIY thing. It's like, I'm not going to pay somebody to do something that I can do myself, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, uh, right on. That's <laughs> absolutely. Maybe if I was 20 or whatever, I'd be like, who is going to do this for me? But I'm, I'm in my forties. If I can do it, I'm going to sit here and do it. You know, I, I yeah. just, the same way with not taking money from a label for the recording. It's like, I actually feel like a lot of people will go the other way where they're like, yeah. if I'm young, I should do all the work. But if I'm older, fuck it. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> but so that's I one feel thing. like that's that's props to you. <laughs> well, my, the guys in my band kind of make fun of me sometimes because I'm sort of a workaholic. Like when I come home from work, because I teach guitar for a living, that's my job. And Shit. so I'll come home and like I've, I've got a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Like we we get them to sleep and my wife goes to sleep early. And then I come out to my studio and 
I'll either do a podcast or work on editing a podcast or I'll write a song or I'll record rhythm guitars or whatever. And there's not really a night where I'm not doing something. And so the guys in my band, like every three days, I'll send them a new song and they're like, man, do you ever just watch TV? And I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. It ain't nothing good on anyway. No, no, not after midnight. There's nothing good on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, maybe. Yeah. Depending. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's real good. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, this is a really cool, uh, thing you guys are doing like just as far as i don't know switching it up and like you said necessity is the moderate invention or whatever and but, i think i said it the other way but you said it right i, <laughs> I know but i, I kind of like the way you said it more whatever um yeah it's really cool uh and <laughs> i fucking i would love to do some shit like that and i was like yeah um i will find out about that uh website too uh yeah dude and, i'll tell you what you've got my email or if, if you don't I'll, I'll i think i've got yours i'll send it to you when i find the name of it yeah yeah for sure because that sounds amazing and i don't have time to work on shit these days but i was gonna say that during this pandemic you guys probably didn't really have an issue with the whole mask thing right oh yeah no we we fucked up because uh i mean our noses are covered but we still got our <laughs> mouths open so yeah. now we just got a double mask you know and it uh <laughs> We, we, we just look real stupid. Like yeah, we don't already look stupid. Now I was showing my wife uh, pictures of the band of your band because she wanted to know who I was talking to for this interview. And I told her, I said, yeah, they're probably the only band that probably could have just continued to play shows. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you could have just put a thing over your mouth and you guys would have been <laughs> fine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the fact that, you know, anybody who plays in a punk rock band, if they're doing it right, is probably getting real hot and sweaty on stage and yeah. really getting their blood pumping and whatnot. Um, and if you do it with a ski mask, that's definitely uh, worse, <laughs> a little bit at least. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I would be worried about, you know, immune systems and uh, whatnot. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm fine with not playing shows for a while while this is happening. Like, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many masks I can wear to keep that stuff away from me when I'm trying to like have my mouth open and fans are like spitting at you and stuff, and it's like, ah, is everybody sweating? Eh, you get, I, I get a little uh, like germaphobic at a certain point, but yeah. I don't even, I don't think it's even a phobia. It's like, yeah, we probably should be worried about this. Yeah. Can I can I ask you a question? How many green masks do you own? Oh, I got plenty of them. Uh, we we keep them in stock, you know. Um, I figured every yeah. time you'd go to like know. a store and you saw like a bunch of you, just <laughs> buy a whole handful of them, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't really see them too much. Red takes care of that. He's he's the man for uh for getting for X for getting them. I won't say how he gets them because <laughs> I don't know. But uh, he, he takes care of that stuff. That's good. Um, that's good. Probably not legally, but you know that's all alleged anyway. No yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna save the questions for you because hopefully I'm gonna have you on my show as well. Oh yeah, I would love to do that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. you know, just hit me up. We could probably do it pretty much just like this, but maybe we'll get the Zoom working this time. <laughs> we'll get the Zoom working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you got anything else to bring up or not. I got one more question for you, and I I meant to warn you about it. I always forget to warn people about it because uh, you know, the whole the whole point of this podcast 
not the whole point, but like I try to have a theme and uh, the theme is crime stories. Okay. And I wonder if you've got a crime story. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you mean like any crime story or like one where I did some crime? I mean, any crime story, like you can make one up. You could fucking, uh, talk about one thing you did. I, maybe you got I, away with it. Maybe you didn't. You can incriminate yourself and maybe fucking this, this podcast will become famous because it went to, they used it in a court case. They got you arrested or something. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be cool for you. Well, it'd be real I'll, cool for me, you know. I, I will tell you actually one that involves. I guess it's kind of a crime, and it was one of the first tours that I ever. Oh yeah. So when I was young, I, I my the first band I ever started was this band called Chronic Chaos. It was in high school, and we did okay. After high school, we put out a couple records, signed to a little tiny label. Like it was a real deal. I was in the band for like a decade. But our first touring experience, we were playing at this venue. I can't for the life of me remember where it was. I think it was somewhere up near Chicago. But uh, we we get to the venue. It was the first show of the tour, too. We'd driven all the way there. We get to the venue, and it's locked. And there is a sign on the door that says, show canceled. We apologize. Huh. And it was a real venue. Like it was like this little yeah. kind of coffee shop, like punk rock, vegan, whatever bullshit place. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we were kind of upset and there was another band that had driven from like Nebraska and, and they were there. And so we were just kind of hanging out in the parking lot and we realized we kept hearing a phone ring huh. and we walked around to the side where we thought we heard it. And their cordless phone from the venue had been left outside on the windowsill. That is so weird. Because we would call the venue and it would ring. Yeah. Like, so we had cell phones. I mean, this is a long time ago. I was the only one that had a cell phone. My dad got me one for an emergency. It used to be where oh, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't call anyone. It actually cost you money to call. Yeah, but right. I mean, like, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> back in the day, yeah. So I was calling yeah. that, and then that phone would ring. So we realized, oh. And and we kept hearing somebody in the, the venue. We don't know why they canceled it. They didn't give us an excuse, but we were kind of shitty young kids and we were pissed off. So we called a 900 number on that phone, <laughs> like a sex line. Yeah. And we told the woman, we said, Hey, we just want to leave this connected. We're just going to listen. And she's like, okay, whatever you want. And I said, so whatever you do, don't hang up, don't hang up. And then we hid the phone behind the venue. And later on, I would say probably we left after that too, but like a year or two later, I was at yeah. that venue and I was talking to somebody that worked at that venue and they ended up having like a six thousand dollar phone bill that's easy. because of what because of what we did and i don't know if that's a crime i mean yeah and maybe it, maybe it was a shitty thing to do but they also like we had a guarantee <laughs> guarantee for that show we drove oh, all the wow. way there and we were these shitty little kids were like oh we know you left your phone out we're gonna call a sex line and just leave it going i mean yeah especially if you had a guarantee for the show like and they yeah. just cancel and say like no nope, sorry i mean yep. come on so I just always thought that was funny that I don't know if they ever paid their phone bill or not, but $6,000 for a sex line because they ripped us off. So I don't know if that's a crime or not. I don't know either, but it works for, it works for this show. I'll tell you that. that that's a good job. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, you got away with, uh, you got, you, you got some vengeance, some yeah. revenge. Uh, 
<laughs> we also this is really gross but anytime cool. a venue would would like stiff us on money we yeah. would do an upper decker in their bathroom do you know what an upper decker is oh yeah i know what an upper decker is do you think, think your your listeners know what an upper decker is? I know you should probably explain it. There might be some kids out there who don't know and should know because <laughs> they, they might have a need to pull that sometime. Okay, if you if you ever want to get anybody back like that wronged you, go in the bathroom, take the back like the lid off the back of the toilet, take a dump in that. So, and then put the lid back. So every time, every time they flush it, it just stirs it and makes it grosser and it stinks so bad. We, we did that quite a lot back in the day when we were young and stupid and dumb little punk rock kids. It never got caught. We never got caught. No, no. That's good. Good job. <laughs> so I hope that story works for your oh, crime great. stories. That's, yeah. uh, that's a real good one because uh, I don't know. There's, you know, like, uh, like I said, there's, it's like a revenge story, which everybody likes a revenge story. It's like taken, you know, like. I think actually I never seen that movie, but I'm pretty sure it's is a revenge story of sorts. And uh, you know, it's do you, it's do you like guys that. ever have problems with venues? Like has anybody ever stiffed you or tried to not give you your guarantee? I don't think so. I mean, I can't think of any times when that did happen, other than like there was uh this festival we did in Australia one time where the guy was like the it was an amazing festival and all the bands we played with were great. A lot of fat records bands and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, 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 what do you call him? The organizer, the head dude of the festival, like he was way in over his head and he was like, he didn't have enough money to pay everybody basically. And yeah. uh, there's actually a whole bunch of stories that revolved around that. Uh, but basically, yeah, like he was trying to not pay us. He, he, he didn't pay a shit ton of bands from that festival and i think some of them did try to sue him but uh our our agent at the time uh tom taffy uh he, he he took care of business he made sure we got paid but we were like not we were like definitely one of the lower level bands so it was like all right fucking pay these guys the peanuts that i offered them and yeah. uh but you know stiff the guys that we're making real money. So, you know, we'll do yeah, that. But, but for the most part, you know, like, uh, I don't know, we've, we've had mostly good experiences. I got to say, well, you guys are lucky, man. I've had experiences. I told on another podcast I was on when I was touring with this band, Brazil, who's on fearless, they wouldn't pay us at this venue. And I literally sat at the bar until 6 AM. And then they came and threw money at me and told me to leave. <laughs> Cause I wasn't well, like, going to fight. I was just going to, I'm like, if you're not going to pay me, I'm going to sit here until you give us our guarantee. And yeah. I sat on that bar stool until 6 a.m. They were so mad, but they threw the money at me and made me leave. And I got us our guarantee. They man. were mad. That's so weird. It's like, how are they the ones that are mad? They are, they they owe you a guarantee and they're not paying it. People try to fuck bands over all the time, man. I, I just, yeah. I never stand for it. If I can, I mean, even if it's like, give me half my guarantee, give me something, you know, yeah. for my time. But yeah, yeah. so the, I hope that story was good enough for your your crime story revenge story stuff oh it was fucking great um <laughs> and i just remembered a time that uh we did get stiffed not the whole thing but like we did get stiffed a little on a guarantee but i want to save it i want to save it for my show yeah yeah exactly um 
so yeah, let's 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 hook that up and man, I'm gonna, I'll I'll hit you up. I've been wanting to have you. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while, anyway, man. So uh, you know, I'll hit you up soon, and we'll get that all figured out. Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right, man. Well, it was good talking to you. Good getting to know you. Um, yeah, I just yeah. I just want everybody to everybody to know they can go to fire sale oh, yeah, is a band. Sure. Fire sale is a band dot com. <laughs> Or uh, on all the streaming sites, Fire Sale, and we're on YouTube, we're on all the, all the bullshit social stuff, at Fire Sale as a band. And thank you so much for having me on today, man. I really- Hell yeah, it was a pleasure, man. Um, speak to you soon. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks a lot. And that's it for the Intruder Green Podcast. You can hit me up on all the socials at Intruder Green, or go to IntruderGreen.com uh, for all sorts of cool stuff. You know, like uh, we got the merch store on there, we got the- uh, podcast and patreon all that junk you can even like i don't know link to the band website from there mass intruder you know like uh if you don't feel like going to google you just go to intrudercream.com and find everything that way basically like a search uh engine for everything uh intruder green and mass intruder all right the intruder green call in line is plus one six oh eight five three five nine six oh eight Patreon.com slash Intruder Green if you want to become a producer of the podcast. Uh, the Intruder Green podcast is produced by Colin Bennett, management by Anka Kramer, hair and makeup by Genevieve Smith, set design by Dylan Raymer, catering Matthew Hendershot, lighting squeak lights, Rahway, New Jersey. Our theme song is Particles by Tight Bros. I assure you, brother, the sun will shine on us again. <laughs> <laughs>